Hello and welcome to this another edition of Words from the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want you to, if you have your Bibles or access to the Word of God through mobile device or computer, I would ask you to turn over to or access the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4. There we'll be reading uh, verse 1 down through verse 11 again and speaking again on this topic, overcoming the attack in the wilderness. Uh, this is part three of this series of messages. To In uh, this evening's message, though, we'll be dealing with understanding the enemy and his attacks. Understanding the enemy and his attacks. And this is helping us to learn how to overcome the attacks in the wilderness. Uh, now the word of God tells us here with, with uh, as we begin reading, then was Jesus led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. And this is Jesus answering him back. And I want you to notice how he answers him. But he answered and said, It is written. It is written. He will say that three times in these 11 verses. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy into the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple. That's the highest point of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. You notice Satan right here is trying to quote scripture back to the Son of God, God himself, God in the flesh. And I think that's that's awful uh, of funny and it would be humorous if it was not such a deep spiritual thing here you must understand he says for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone misquoting psalm chapter 91 verse 11 and 12 because it says he will he will hold you, bear you up in all your ways. He's speaking of walking in the ways of the Lord. Notice Satan left that part out. But the, uh, the word of God tells us here in verse 7, Jesus said unto him, it is written again. Notice that. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written the third time, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And I want you to pay particular attention to verse 11. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Understanding the enemy and his tactics. Understanding the enemy and his tactics. Well, the word of God reveals to us right here who the enemy is. Because we see and his name is the devil. He's also identified in Scripture as Satan in the Word of God. Both carry meanings. The devil carries uh, 
This basically carries the meaning of one prone to slander or a slanderer or a false accuser. And Satan, of course, carries the definition of adversary. And I want to look at some of those uh, definitions right there in detail. But the Word of God, it doesn't say it in the Word of God as far as the definition, but it does an implication. Because if we read the Word of God, we see that Satan, the devil, is an adversary. He is the prince of evil spirits and the deep-seated adversary of God and Christ. Both these names are, are, both, are both names of the sworn enemy, as I just said, of God and Christ. But we must also understand one thing. And I'm speaking to every true born-again believer, those who truly have accepted Christ by faith and are living according to the Word of God and are trying to and striving each and every day to be conformed more to the image of Christ and more to the image of this world. And those that are not being living a life controlled by the things of the world and the things and are being controlled more than the things of God and His Word and according to His Word and His will. But these names are are very prominent for us to take notice of because we must understand some things about our enemy. Yes, he is our sworn enemy as well because Peter uh, says in his first epistle or letter, he said to the believers that were scattered abroad, the Jewish believers that were scattered abroad, he said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, Peter here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, in the word of God, of course, is speaking to or writing to true born again believers. Those believers that had accepted Jesus Christ and were scattered abroad before their faith, that those who were being persecuted highly in that day amongst the Roman Empire for their belief and their acceptance of the gospel of Christ and their belief in Jesus Christ and placing their faith in him. So we must understand by having being born again, having the Holy Spirit, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, and the person and presence of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts as true born-again believers, Satan is our deep-seated enemy or adversary as well. You see, so we must understand, but there's something I want you to notice here in verse 11 about our enemy. You see, there's a great misconception in amongst humans now about who the devil is. You know, we get the perception on uh, social media and TV that he's some uh, suited up man in a red suit with with horns and a pitchfork. And it's something to be made fun of and something to be made light of. But we don't need to make light of him because he is superhuman. Now, you notice I said superhuman. He is the superhuman adversary of every true born again believer. And when I say superhuman, I want you to look at verse 11 here. And this is why I say that. Then the devil, after he had tempted Christ, he leaveth him. He left him. If you notice, he couldn't be at two places at one time. We have a misconception of who Satan is. He is not all powerful. He is not ever present. And he is certainly not all-knowing. He is not a divine 
being. He is a created being. This is confirmed in Ezekiel chapter 28 and Isaiah chapter 14. If you will read there, you will see in those near and far prophecies of Isaiah and Ezekiel that Satan is no more than a created cherub. Now, does he have superhuman abilities? Yes, he does. Does he have the the presence and power to go before the presence of God? Is he given permissive uh, in, sovereign, in God's sovereign permissive will? Is he allowed to attack us? Yes. That's confirmed in the book of Job, chapters 1 and 2, if you don't believe me. Just read there what he was allowed to do to Job to prove Job's faithfulness to the Lord himself. But we must understand he is not ever present. If he is over there down the street messing with my neighbor, he can't be here messing with me. You say, well, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, then how can you explain the devil having to leave Christ at this time? It doesn't say he stayed with him. Now we see he will come along and, and tempt him as he went in his earthly ministry and his life here on earth. As when Peter told him, not so, Lord, it won't be of you. When he told him it's going to be sacrificed, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was telling Satan to get behind him. Just like he said right here in verse 10, he said, uh, that he's, well, let me get let me get back up here to scripture here. It said, get thee hence, Satan, in verse 10. He said, get thee hence, get thee behind me, for it is written. Now, our enemy, Satan, we know he's our sworn adversary. Uh, so and as it is evidenced here in scripture in there in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he's an enemy of Christ and we see his attack. The attack is the temptation to do evil, temptation to go against God's word and God's will. And that's why Christ was responding to him the way he did. If you notice something about Christ, he did not supernaturally overcome Satan. He overcame him in his humanity. This is confirmed by verse 4 where he says, but he answered him and said, it is written, man, man shall. He didn't, let me tell you something, Christ could have turned that whole wilderness, that desert area into a bakery to get bread if he wanted to. He could have supernaturally put himself on the pinnacle of that temple and come down to receive all the popularity of the Jews there. And maybe they would have believed him as the coming, as the promised Messiah if he had done so. But that was against the Father's will. Not only so, but when he went up, he could have he could have been over all the kingdoms of the earth if he wanted to. You have to understand, Jesus was God in the flesh, God incarnate, the Son of God, the second person of the triune Godhead, which is so wonderfully manifest here in, John, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. We've already discussed that. But, Christ, if he will go and be an adversary here in Scripture, this is not a temptation and a testing that Christ see if he would 
pass the test or if he would fail. No, this is given for you and I to see that we might learn who our attacker is and that we might see his attacks, that we might see the enemy for who he is. You say, well, what about unbelievers, those that are in the world who reject Christ and his gospel? Well, let's look at scripture about that. To them, Satan, according to the word of God, Satan is their God. You say, well, I can't believe that. Well, let's just read the word of God. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. But if our gospel, speaking of the gospel of Christ, be hid, it is hid from them that are lost. Now listen. In whom the God of this world hath blinded. The minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. To them, Satan is also the prince and their prince and father. This is uh, this is according to John eight forty four and John chapter twelve verse thirty one. Jesus said there, he's speaking to the Pharisees that continually rejected his word and rejected him. He said, "Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do." He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of him his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So we see revealed in Scripture and confirmed by Scripture, not only is he the lost soul, is he their God, but he is also their father. Uh, and a sinner friend, if you're rejecting Christ and you're living in sin for a season and you're enjoying the things of this world, you need to understand who you are in captivity to. We see, you need to understand he's not your adversary. He is your best friend because you believe in every lie that he's putting putting under your nose and through and in front of your eyes. You're believing his lie, and you are in his captivity. Your captivity, you're in captivity to sin, and you're under the penalty of death. But not only that, but he's your prince. Because Jesus also said, now in chapter 12, verse 31 of the Gospel of John, he said, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out, speaking none other than Satan, of none other than Satan and the devil himself. Now, as evidenced by in Scripture, all those in the world, now, don't think I don't have compassion and love for them because the light and love of Christ shines in my heart every day. And my heart is burdened, sinner friend, lost souls in the world. I want you to understand my heart is burdened every day that I see you in the world and I see you in that captivity that I was once in. That I And I had to experience the grace and the love of God through Christ Jesus, my Lord, by placing my faith in him. I know where you're at. I've been there, and I know where I'm at now, and I know 
how I live now, and I and it's only by the grace of God and the love of Christ on Calvary's cross that changed me from what I used to be and has brought me to what I am now, and that's a precious child of God. But you need to understand, and I don't want you to think that I'm preaching without compassion. No, I want you to see who you are in captivity to, because as evidenced here in Scripture, all that are in the world who are rejecting Christ and his gospel and living according to the rule and pleasures of this world are not, they are not the devil's adversary. No, no, no. He has you right where he wants you. It is true that he drew the battle line in the Garden of Eden when he tempted Eve and caused Adam and Eve to believe his lies and rebel against God in disobedience. He caused them to fall and because of mankind's and he became mankind's enemy. Yes, he became all of mankind's enemy at that point. But when you are living under his lie and you're continuing in the life of sin, he becomes your God. He becomes your father and he is your prince. And unfortunately, you are believing his lies and held in his captivity. And if you continue to live in that capacity and you continue to enjoy, enjoy the pleasures of, of sin for a season, and trust me, it's a short season because Christ is soon to return one of these days in eternity you will spend eternity in hell with your God with your father and with your prince so my thing is to say to you seek Jesus now before it's eternally too late and place your faith in him but I want to talk concerning all true born again believers I want you to understand something my brothers and sisters in Christ that's confirmed in scripture Satan the devil is our deep seated enemy our deep-seated enemy this we must know and just as he attacked jesus here in the wilderness in this desert land near jericho where they were hidden dangers and they were unseen dangers and there was lack of water and lack of bread as he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and he was suffered and he was tested of God and tempted of Satan. Not that he would fail, not that he would falter, because as God he could not sin. John said, God is light and in him is no darkness. And Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God, sinless, our sinless Savior. And we will get into this in the next part. But listen to me. Satan is out and attacks he attacks us in different forms. He is out to destroy us, uh, my fellow believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. He is out to destroy us. He wants to destroy everything that we have with God. He was tempting Christ, trying to get him to destroy that fellowship that he had with the father and go against the father's will which jesus knew and he came as an obedient servant took upon himself flesh and bone and was obedient unto even unto death the death of the cross that's how obedient christ was to the father's will but satan had to tempt him not for him but for us, that we would see how to overcome the temptation. Because you see, Satan will attack us in different forms, in various forms. 
He uses the ungodly world, which according to John in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, is full of wickedness to stir up fleshly lust within us to tempt us to sin. Television, social media, and radio, and so on. If we allow ourselves to get caught up in these things, we become desensitized. We become desensitized to the sex and immorality that is so prominent there and the filth coming through the airwaves. And before long, if we're not careful, my my brothers and sisters in Christ, we find ourselves falling into temptation. And then the temptation turns into lust. And then the lust turns into sin. And what did... Uh, what does the word of God tell us there? It says that when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. You see, God, he says, if you destroy the temple, if you defile the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is our body, that could bring death and destruction into your life. He might destroy your body to gain your soul and to, grant, to gain your obedience. But Satan also uses the unbelieving world's wisdom to deceive us into accepting his ways, which are especially now completely opposed to God and the truth of his word and, of course, and more importantly, his will for us. This is through politics, through the world and country agendas. Uh, there is movements in this country that are full of homosexuality and lesbianism, transgender, and all kinds of sexual morality that are driving their agenda so much that they are capturing the hearts and minds of children and sadly adults as well. This is greatly destroying family values and the family dynamic in our country throughout America now. This speaks toward what the Apostle Paul warned of in the book of Romans chapters 1 verse 18 through chapter 3 verse 19 where there the word of God speaks of a reprobate mind, that mind that will no longer hear the word of God, that mind that has gone so far out from God that it can never return. A reprobate mind. And these are the very activities that are listed there in that scripture. If you don't believe me, just read Romans chapter 1 verse 18 through Romans chapter 3 verse 19 and you will see where God gives them up. God gives them up and finally God gives them over. And you will see what I am talking about today. Christian friends, we must born again believers, we must guard against this. Then Satan also uses false Christians to try to mislead us in believing a false gospel centered on a false Christ. The television and social media are slammed full of these self-help, health, wealth, and prosperity world reformers now. Now, if you notice the title I used there, that's right. They call them, they don't call them pastors and preachers and even evangelists any longer. No, they are known as world reformers who are proclaiming their false garbage all over television, all over social media outlets now. This is so evident if you walk into a Christian bookstore, you will see a far more 
amount of self-help books written by man than you will find the Holy Bibles written by and inspired by, written by God and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Satan is our adversary. My brothers and sisters in Christ, every true born again believer, he is our adversary. And if we're not careful, he will devour us. He will devour us. And the danger is more now than it had ever has been before because, and the closer and closer Christ's return draws near, that day comes. Each day that comes closer, his return comes closer. Satan is working overtime now. Evil has become good. Good has become evil. Why is that so? Why does it seem like it's getting worse and worse each second of every day? Because Satan knows his time is short. Therefore, he's going to come against you and me as much as he can. So, there is a great battle for souls being waged. What is the answer? What is the answer to overcoming the attack? Of Satan. Now that we we understand our enemy and we understand his attacks, what's the answer? One word, Jesus. Jesus. We must draw nigh unto him. And we must prayerfully get in the word of God. How did Jesus overcome Satan in this attack in the wilderness? And this is getting into my next episode, but I want to look at this right quick. What did he say? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. He knew the word of God. He was the living word of God. Don't get me wrong. But he knew God's will. That's the key. And not only did he know it, it's not enough to know it because if you read there in verse 6, <laughs> Satan quoted scripture himself. He got it wrong and he misquoted it, but he could quote it himself. But the difference in Christ was he knew the will of God and he was obedient. Not only knowledge, but obedience to the word of God. And the only way that we can do this is to have the presence and person of Christ in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the only way that we can guard against these attacks of our enemy, who we now have seen and we now understand his attack, and we see them prevalent every day around us as we look. It seems the victory's been lost, but it hasn't. Christ is our victory. Hey, let me tell you something. The war's been won. We know who wins in the end. So it doesn't matter what happens here. Oh, glory's coming. Just remember. But we must, and I say must, it's an emphatic. We must draw nigh to the Lord through prayer and searching his word if we are to know his word and more importantly be obedient unto what his word directs for our lives thank you so much for joining me today and i pray that this message has been a blessing to your heart and i look so forward to the next time that we can share in a word from the word of god god bless